0: Looking for a way to keep your kids or grandkids entertained? Just tell your smart speaker to play Vision Kids Radio. Vision Kids. Problem solved.
1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Christmas shopping is getting into full swing and some brands and some stores have attracted the attention of organisations who have a... Higher expectation of retailers. Collective Shout has released its annual crossed-off list. They started this something like 11 years ago, so a good time to be updating what's happening and the strength of a what you'd call a blacklist, including the names of brands and retailers that they describe as corporate offenders which have objectified women and sexualized girls to sell products and services. And since it's likely that most women are the biggest Christmas spenders, a list like this can have a powerful impact on purchasing decisions. Well, our special guest through this coming hour is Melinda Tankard-Reist, who leads Collective Shout. Melinda says it's time these companies stop profiting from sexualizing and objectifying women and girls. And she says, if they don't understand corporate social responsibility and if they don't understand ethics, maybe they will understand when they start losing money. Melinda Tankard-Reist, a special welcome back to
0: 2020. Always good to be with you, Neil, and thanks, thanks for your interest.
1: Melinda, I said this is the 11th year for this Mm -hmm. crossed-off list. No doubt you've seen some developments through the years. How effective, Mm -hmm. how much, what sort of teeth have you got these days when you release this list?
0: Well, Collective Shout has had multiple successes over the last 11 years since we were formed, and in fact this year has been our biggest and most successful year ever. Uh, one of the consolations of having lost all of my speaking and travel work, most of it for the last two years, is I've been able to focus on campaigning with my team. And uh, as a result, uh, this year we have had so many victories. So what this is about is helping supporters of our work to, to spend ethically, to make good informed decisions about where they want their Christmas spending to go, we, we believe it is effective. Our supporters are thankful for this list. Uh, we had some good mainstream media coverage uh, last week of our list, and it, it really puts these companies on notice that um, we're watching you. We know what you've been doing. We've documented it. Some companies have been on the list for years uh, for their repeat corporate offences. Uh, so, yeah, we do think it's effective. We think it's useful. Our supporters appreciate it. <sighs> We'll
1: come back to the list in just a few moments, but you've had some big wins, as you say, this past year. So uh, you might like to identify some of the biggest ones. you know, billboards that have been objectifying women pulled down. You've had uh, clothing uh, for children withdrawn from sale. Uh, give us an insight here into some of these big wins you've had, Melinda.
0: Well, probably two of the biggest were global uh, victories. Actually, I'm going to say th- three of the biggest, four of the biggest we had a new one today, uh, so I've got to keep updating it. Uh, a really big one was with um, Alibaba, which is a you know trillion-dollar global shopping e-commerce platform, and we pressured Alibaba to remove. Uh, this is a uh, you know trigger warning. This is a uh, fairly um, graphic. I'll try and. Uh, yeah, uh, it, That's you know, right, let's just,
1: just reinforce well, this, <laughs> pause yeah. to reinforce that because yes, yes. Uh, we're going to talk about some fairly graphic things through this hour so yes. Uh, uh, yes. For, for parents who might have young children around might be a good time to shield those little ears but uh, mm-hmm. but yes, uh, don't hold mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. here Melinda I think Thank our listeners, you, our listeners are not prudish and we are yes. happy to hear Thank the reality you. of what's going on so uh, hit us with
0: your yes. best shot here Well this is one of the worst realities we've ever exposed and that is the sale of... Uh, Replica children for sexual abuse, uh, modelled modelled on in some cases actual actual children. Uh, there were 23 companies selling those dolls, their child sex abuse dolls and replica child body parts on uh, Alibaba, and we got all of those down. We got all of those sales banned. Those sellers banned. I we need to run a campaign like this, isn't it? Uh, but we did. And as a result, we've had a good working relationship with that corporation, and they decided to go even further and block the sales of all sex dolls, uh, adult and child, to Australia. So that was even beyond what we had asked for. And uh, so that was a, a really good outcome. Uh, another big win was our Let Them Wear Shorts campaign led by Talitha Stone, a uh, young woman uh, athlete who is an Australian living in Norway. And some of your listeners may recall that the International Beach uh, Handball Federation had a rule for women only that they had to wear these minuscule bikini bottoms. They weren't allowed to be uh, more than 10 centimetres uh, across the backside. And, and the players complained. They said they didn't feel comfortable. They were always having to sort of monitor uh, their bikini bottoms. They couldn't function at the highest level they wanted to. They were worried about unwanted exposure, photos being taken. And sexual harassment, as a result, they played a competition in Spain wearing shorts, bike shorts. And they were fined for, quote, inappropriate clothing, improper clothing, which is uh, laughable, isn't it? And uh, so as a result, Talitha started a petition which we supported called Let Them Wear Shorts, and uh, that had success. Uh, The International Handball Federation has reversed its rules and allowed women uh, to wear shorts, uh, instead of the bikini bottom. So that was a great outcome for Just, uh, women who enjoy
1: sports. On this issue yes. here, Melinda, I remember we had a yes. conversation about that. And, you, uh, and, you know, you it did. was a significant win. And I yes. remember saying in that conversation whether mm. this was about the modesty... Uh, that we might anticipate. And uh, in Christian circles, of course, we talk about uh, the need for modesty. But uh, this was uh, for you, in the way you were reflecting this, more about choice. And uh, you don't want some men in the corporate office dictating what the women should wear and they ought to have their own choice mm. as to whether they wear those bikini bottoms or the shorts. There's, some, there's mm. just a little uh, interesting nuance on the way you think about those things. Any, any enlargement on that?
0: Well, this is about sportswomen being able to compete to the highest standards and the best of their sporting abilities in clothing that is practical and functional. And that's all these players were asking, where they don't have to worry about unintended exposure, photographs, sexual harassment, um, also, uh, you know, (laughs) getting grazed by sand and things like that. Uh, so we were supporting the rights of sportswomen. What they believe they will be able to compete best in. This sends a signal to any women and girls that love sport. We know that globally, girls are playing less sport than ever. And one of the reasons for this is their consciousness about their bodies, their appearance, how they look, body judgment, um, you know, body body image issues, which we know are rife. Right in our girls globally on a scale, you know, never before seen. And we know how good it is for girls to play sport, how it's good for their physical health and their mental health. You know, I know I wouldn't survive if I if I didn't keep fit in the sort of work that I do. Fitness is very it's important for us to look after our body. And it, fitness is important, but we know girls are playing less sport. So we believe this set of precedent, set a signal that uh, we want to encourage women and girls to be physically active, to be sporting, but they need—they have the right to play in what they want to play in. That was that was the, that was the main message. So, uh, we've had another win today, and that's uh, with Facebook. Okay. So Facebook, we uh, we were part of a global coalition uh, calling on Facebook not to go ahead with end-to-end encryption. Now this would mean that, for example, um, predators. Uh, pedophile forums, uh, groups of men primarily preying on on children through uh, messaging apps, uh, sending sending child sexual exploitation imagery to each other, uh, would not be seen, wouldn't be found. The police were saying that up to 70% of cases they investigate uh, would no longer come to their attention if all of this was hidden. We said this is irresponsible, more children will be at risk and uh, they've just announced that they've put those plans on hold for end-to-end encryption. That reminds me of another win we had this year with Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. Instagram was going to roll out uh, a kids' version. we Un- already exposed thousands of predators on the Instagram that we have now, preying on underage girls on Instagram trying to message them uh, privately, sharing sexual fantasies for them openly on the girls' accounts, sharing images of girls uh, to uh, other sites for, for men. And and yet here with Instagram, with all this evidence, uh, talking about a kid's version of the app. Uh, so that's been put on hold as well.
1: Melinda, i have got you breaking up a little bit, so I'm not okay, sure I'm whether sorry. you might yes. be moving around. But um, but um, hey, how uh,
0: is that now? Uh, it's that- uh, that's
1: that's sounding good. Um,
0: I do tend to walk around when I speak, so
1: I'll stay in one spot. <laughs> okay. You're being animated at your end, and I know uh, I that yes, you I'm get passionate. Around. Yes. I know you yes. get passionate about this, and uh, there's something quite oh. controversial to raise here. And uh, this might come into, and given that, you know, our listenership, and uh, particularly today those women who are listening, and I know that uh, when you uh, can, you know, it's not always uh, wise uh, putting a wedge between two sides and saying there are secular feminists, and then there are those who are responsible Christian women and uh, you're concerned that perhaps Christian women are not raising their voices in the way that they ought to and somehow or other it's the more secularised feminists that tend to actually be more vibrant in this space when, in fact, the dignity of women is something that Christians obviously stand for as a firm foundation.
0: Well, the way that we frame it is this is an issue of concern to, to everyone. Anyone that cares about violence against women, about sexism, about the status of women, about the mistreatment of women and girls on a global scale. A collective shunt is really for anyone who shares that cause. And really, that's how we've been so effective and so successful. I've always believed that collaborations uh, should be built and can be built and can be successful, uh, where you reach across a whole lot of divides and find common ground. And I've I've been on about that (laughs) For a long time, I've worked with uh, all kinds of organizations, all kinds of groups around the world where we have common cause. So, you know, there may not be agreement on on everything, but it actually, because here's what we do agree on. Here's how we can work together. And we equip and empower anyone who wants to take action. One of the most rewarding things for me to hear as movement director and one of the co-founders of the movement is women telling us, you help us. You help us speak out. You help us to take up our rightful place in the public square. We all live here. We all have a right to have an live in an environment and raise our kids in an environment which is safe and not harmful, not toxic but to them. So it's been really encouraging to see so many people from so many backgrounds, and walks of life, so uh, so much diversity coming and joining. Collective shelter. Now we've been asked to expand into the US, into the UK, uh, into Europe uh, because there is more recognition now that this culture is harmful. It's especially harmful to young people and more people are asking, what can we do about it? And they see how successful we've been. We're just a small team, but uh, we punch above our weight. And uh, so it's just been wonderful to see uh, more people coming on board and sharing that common cause.
2: Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture
1: and current events. Well, she certainly is fearless in speaking out. Our special guest is Melinda Tankard-Reist. Melinda leads Collective Shout. CollectiveShout.org is the website address and you might want to download the list even as we're talking about it today but melinda let's come to your crossed off list a black list of those retailers even those shopping centers uh, give us a give us an insight into here just a uh, name for us uh, the big names that are on your list this year
0: sure i'd love to so etsy Is very high up. Etsy is uh, another e-commerce platform and they also sell uh, child sex abuse dolls, replica child body parts, incest themed and child abuse themed merchandise. Now a lot of people don't know this because they think of Etsy as being this lovely vintage home craft supporting small businesses platform. However we've exposed what is sold on that platform and a petition was started by a Melbourne fashion designer, musician and mother of five daughters. And that's Anna Cordell. And Anna has uh, secured uh, close to 50,000 signatures on her petition calling on Etsy to get rid of these child abuse and incest uh, themed uh, products. And we've been able to you know, use the good example of Alibaba to say to Etsy, well, Alibaba has uh, made some changes in line with their uh, commitment to uh, ethical corporate behavior. Uh, why don't you as well? And so many of our supporters are boycotting Etsy and we have had an, a number of Etsy sellers close up the Etsy stores and go elsewhere because they don't want to prop up and promote a company which is selling um, such uh, egregious uh, and I would say evil products uh, the second one, uh, which has been on our list most years, which won't surprise uh, supporters that are listening today, is the sex store Honey Birdet. Now, Honey Birdette has is owned now by Playboy. Uh, it is in the family shopping centres, featuring pornified representations of women, floor to ceiling. Uh, they've just had, you know, some Christmas parades, little kids parading past the Honey Birdette, uh pornified windows. This company has been in breach of the advertising code of ethics 50 times, but nothing changes. And in fact, the shopping centres are allowing this to happen. Now, these shopping centres, which we've also named, pride themselves for being champions of change. The male CEOs sign a pledge to drive out sexism in their workplace and in broader society. Uh, we say this is hypocrisy, you can't, you you know, you have to uh, walk the talk. You can throw all all these words around and boast about your commitment to addressing the second-class status of women and girls, but when you allow these representations, which research says, contribute to a diminished view of women's competence, morality and humanity, then they should act. We've also targeted so-called ethical super and faith-based superannuation companies which invest in these shopping centres which are the landlords to this tenant, Honey Burdett, and do not rein them in, do not stop them from spreading these uh, sexist messages about women. For example, uh, recent campaigns included showing women being strangled, women being choked on a 24-hour video loop it showed uh, images of women uh, having photos taken up their skirts. It's what we call upskirting. Women playing tennis in lingerie and uh, during the women's tennis, I might add, uh, that was all allowed to go ahead. And uh, so, many, so many examples of eroticising violence against women. So why would so-called ethical super and Christian super companies invest in these shopping centres. So we've been calling them out as well. On the list also, we have uh, City Beach, which is a youth retail store uh, flogging the Playboy brand. Now, Playboy is a brand of the global porn industry, which has probably done more to uh, spread a message about women. Women should always be sexually available, um, you know, reducing women to the sum of their sexual parts. Why should this logo be on... Young people's clothing, so we're suggesting, we're urging that City Beach to be boycotted. And Ultratune, also a repeat corporate offender, get your car serviced somewhere else. Now, this company has a, a long history uh, of sexualising women, suggesting women are, are dumb and stupid. Um, the uh, CEO has been recently charged uh, with alleged assault of a former partner. Uh, so this company is not where you should get your your car tuned. So, yeah, they're the main ones that we have listed this year. And uh, they're also well-known
1: because of their their level of uh, uh, notoriety, you might say. But you take this this next step deeper, and I'll get your impression here, because uh, you're also naming uh, those property companies uh, that run Mm. shopping centres that host these particular retailers as well. So you've got Westfield Mm -hmm. and Lend Lease, Mm -hmm. vicinity Mm -hmm. centres, Stockland and others who are on your boycott list. And you're saying to Mm -hmm. people, don't even go to those shopping centres if they've got these stores operating there. Some people will say, though, uh, aren't Mm -hmm. the shopping centres just a sort of a neutral platform? Uh, Why would you you target them, Melinda?
0: (laughs) Well, they're not neutral. They're providing the infrastructure. They're providing the building. You know, you wouldn't say if there were child slaves being held in a building, you wouldn't say, well, the owners of the building uh, are not complicit in this in some some way. Uh, They are complicit because they are the landlords and they are hosting a company owned by Playboy which has been in breach of the Ad Standards Code of Ethics at least 50 times and they don't do anything to change it. Now, we know that these shopping centres have so many rules on so many things that they're tenants can and can't do. We've seen some of the, you know, the handbooks. A huge amount of detail. So why do they allow these um, objectified and sexualised portrayals of women floor to ceiling uh, in their shopping centres to be seen by an all-age audience, including children at recent um, parades, Christmas parades, having photos taken with Santa just metres from these uh, shop windows Basically, broadcasting uh, pornography to children day in and day out. It seems to get worse at Christmas holidays and Easter when there's more kids there. Uh, So, any corporate that wants to, that has a mission statement, a value statement, that likes to claim how ethical it is, how it cares about the community, can't say that on the one hand and allow these pornified portrayals of women in their own shopping centres. They like to be seen to be family-friendly. This is not family-friendly, and that's why we're pressuring them to change their behaviour. Now, we acknowledge that in some places, particularly regional areas, it is difficult not to go into the shopping centre because everything is there. But we're saying, where possible, you know, make an ethical choice, shop elsewhere, find an ethical company Find an ethical company online. Uh, you know, raid, raid your local op shop, um, raid your second-hand stores. At least you'll be supporting charity that way, uh, or support you know some aid organisations of which I'm an ambassador for two: World Vision and Camp- and Compassion. And have a look at some of those you know alternative gifts that can be purchased, where you know your money will go to help vulnerable people, children in need. Uh, So there are alternatives and we urge people just to check out those alternatives and stay away from the shopping centres if you can. Uh, This
1: is interesting because in earlier conversations around these sorts of moral and ethical issues that I've had over the years, uh, there's always been this championing of the person who sees what they uh, recognise as being wrong and they'll issue a complaint and uh, perhaps they'll go to the centre management and complain about that. But what you're saying is... Just avoid the whole shopping centre altogether. Uh, You're saying, here, vote with your feet and uh, don't Mm. even turn up. I imagine that if you're sharing those things with your own children, you're saying, don't go Mm. to that shopping centre because they have these retailers there and and we've got a moral, we've got an ethical concern about what they're doing there. So uh, so just not even turning up and uh, boycotting those shopping centres is what you're calling people to do.
0: Well, Neil, we still make the complaints, but I can tell you, that the shopping centres have almost entirely ignored our complaints. So they really don't leave us with much choice. You know, we've tried to work with them, we've tried to contact them, we've tried to talk to them, and we just get fobbed off or we get just pathetic excuses. Uh, so that's why we have to use what leverage, use what power we have, and that is our ethical. Spending decisions, our dollar, as you said in the introduction, if they don't understand ethics, maybe they understand money. <laughs> you know, it's sad that that's what it's come to, isn't it? But that's the reality, and uh, so we will we will use that um, power, if you like. Uh, we will exercise that ethically and find other ways, other places to spend uh, our, our money.
1: And if advertising standards regulators simply don't mm. respond to mm. any complaint, as you say, 50 complaints, all mm. ignored, uh, we might be asking who is responsible for the advertising standards. And uh, we okay, might come just back... Let me
0: clarify that. Yep. Those 50 are actually where we've had a ruling in our favour ah. from ad standards. Even then, nothing changes because the fact is, Neil, that... There are no fines for non-compliance. There are no powers to enforce the determination of ad standards. So even though the system is already weak and many of our complaints are dismissed, even when the complaint is upheld, it's meaningless. For example, Honey Burdett has said, no one will tell us what to do
1: uh, just before the news we were talking about the fact that when there are complaints against these organizations yes. and you were singling out their honey bird debt then there you would expect that there'd be some sort of action to be taken but a slap on the wrist is not really yes. any action at all because they seem to be ignoring that uh, you were you were making a good point before news what was that
0: well the fact is that the System is, has failed us. The advertising system of regulation is a self-regulated system, which means that there are no penalties for non-compliance. There's no fines. It's uh, the rulings are made, and we've had fifty in our favour when it comes to Honey However, there's no powers to enforce those rulings. So the end result is meaningless. And also often what happens is that the time taken between our complaint and the final decision, the ad campaign is often finished by then and is replaced by something uh, just as bad or, or worse. So it's a broken system. We've been saying this for 11 years now. And we've been calling for a co-regulatory system where you have input from child development experts, um, child welfare uh, specialists. You have input Uh, from authorities on uh, the status of women and that understand the research that says that these uh, pornified portrayals, these objectified portrayals of women uh, lead to the viewer having a lesser view of women, a diminished view of women's morality, competence and humanity. That's a summary of the biggest study in the world on this issue. So we we need a new system. The system isn't working. It's broken. It works in the vested interests of advertisers and marketers and corporations, not in the interests of uh, the welfare of the community, particularly vulnerable young people.
1: Well, listeners might like to have your own comments too. What are your thoughts about a co-regulatory system where experts who care about women and children might be included in the way the system regulates? We're taking calls on one eight hundred 316 Let's take some calls. Jenny is in Western Australia. Hi, Jenny. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Very well, Jenny. What are your thoughts for our conversation?
3: Um, well, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for the work that you do, Melinda. It's really amazing work and I've followed it for quite a long time now. Um, mm. And I've also exposed my daughters to your work and and talked to them a lot about this sort of thing. But what i found is that when they hit the on online retailers and they've got their own money mm. in their pocket and they want to buy some mm. clothing, so many of the online retailers who are aimed at young women, mm. the the websites are kind of like soft porn. So things like mm. Pretty Little Thing, Voohoo, Shein, mm. m- lots of the cheap clothing aimed at young women, which is what they're looking for, mm. um, it, it becomes normalised in their minds. Uh, They look at it, you know, they've got a phone in their hand. Once they hit a certain age, it's very hard to control that. Um, Mm. And I have just seen the impact that it has had in Mm. the way that my own family members are starting to dress and Mm. um, and it becomes so normalised. And it's, you know, I just feel like these young women are being fed such a lie that this is what Mm. empowerment means and this is what it means to be a strong young woman. And I'm finding it really difficult to counteract that, despite having brought
0: them up with <laughs> quite the opposite Jenny, values.
1: great thoughts in what yes. you're sharing there. Let's get a response from Melinda. Yes. Uh,
0: well, Jenny's lament is the lament of so many mothers that we speak to. And she's absolutely right, Jenny, you're absolutely right. Uh, these uh, companies, very popular with uh, young women operating online, very cheap clothing, uh, there's other ethical issues there about the whole uh, production of those um, clothing and uh, you know underpaid uh, labour, particularly in developing countries, uh, which is of a concern, um, I know, for many of listeners here as well. So the way that we try to approach this, and it's very difficult because the culture is such a powerful influence and the peers are such a powerful influence as well and girls want to feel you know, accepted, and popular part part of the scene part of what's going on what we try to do is help them this is why our working schools are so critical to understand the cultural pressures that tell them this is what empowerment looks like uh, this is what being a woman looks like and we challenge that that false narrative we say why should empowerment only be about showing your body's um being on display, um, being sexually available, uh, you know displaying yourself in sexual ways, particularly on social media you know such as Instagram. and what happens when we give this uh, cultural dissection uh, to young women? you can see the lights going on. you can see they start to think about this they start to realize that even though they've been told they're Exercising a choice that that choice is limited. That choice is really uh, so, you know socialized and conditioned by these cultural influences. So it, it is very difficult as a parent because it's not a fair fight, is it? We are just totally up against it. Uh, I have three daughters and a son myself, and I've seen the way this toxic culture has harmed even my kids, and they were born to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> they uh but fortunately they've worked their way through it and they they do try to shop in alternative places they do try to uh, stay away from uh brands which aren't ethical uh one of them is particularly into fair trade and, and fair fashion uh issues uh you know which is is great to see so they've, they've come to that conclusion fortunately <laughs> Uh, I'm, relieved, I'm relieved to say, but it is, it is really a battle. It takes a village to raise a child, and we can't do this in isolation. You know, we need our community to be on board. Uh, our, our schools, um, you know, sporting bodies, uh, faith communities, all need to be in agreement here so that it becomes less isolating and less lonely trying to raise happy, healthy, resilient children in such a harmful, toxic cultural cultural environment. Jenny in WA,
1: thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call. Mm. Carol in New South Wales. Hello, Carol. Welcome along.
2: Yes, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, Melinda, uh, mm. great work, and I'm sure uh, Heavenly Father is clapping his hands and 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 dancing (laughs) uh, (laughs) over what you're doing because it is for the protection of us Mm -hmm. women and the children and the same devil that deceived Eve, deception, is the same deception he uses with women and that is to say, oh, it's fashion, mummy, it's fashion and they... They're not taught that uh, a man has a visual mind and he can see a woman like a, a movie or a picture, which women don't have that ability to have that vision and they don't know that and they have to be taught that it's from a man's point of view how he can be tempted and view a woman as the Bible says women to be in modest apparel and I think that's very important but 20 years ago I was shopping in a shopping centre at Bankstown and as I walked through I saw this huge photograph of this woman I was so embarrassed so embarrassed I went into the shop and there were young Muslim girls with uh the the scarf on and I said to them I want to see the manageress please and I just spoke to her and she said to me we don't like that display out there but we can't do anything about it I said good I'll do something about it I went to the management, and they ended up taking it down. And what it was, it was a big picture of um, of a young, lovely-looking woman, lady, and she was laying on her stomach, and she was showing a a underwear that was a g-string, and the hind part of her body was elevated on a pillow, and there was a floodlight above that area streaming down. So as you walk by, it looked like a pornographic magazine. I was horrified. And I spoke to the management and I said, this is a family shopping centre, and I used that. And I said, nine-year-old children are walking by this. This is is not an adult sex shop. That's what it looks do you know what, I rang the company as well and they took it down the next day and they put something up better. But this is 20 years ago.
1: Carol, a wonderful honour to you for speaking up. Melinda, your
0: thoughts for Carol? Uh, Well, it shows one complaint can make a difference and we've seen that over the years, time and time again. One complaint can make a difference. Do not think your voice doesn't count. It does count. We have run campaigns where we have seen products removed uh, within three hours as a result of going out on social media and having um, products which objectify and sexualise uh, women and girls uh, removed very quickly. And that's that's one of the good things about social media is it's uh, so much easier to run these campaigns now and name these companies, name their CEOs, uh, you know, share their photos. Uh, so we encourage people to make a complaint however you feel you can do that, whether it's fronting up in person, whether it's writing a complaint online, whether it's phoning the company, whether it's posting a comment on that company's social media. Uh, maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you'd rather support the work behind the scenes. You know, not everyone has to be right out out front, uh, you know, causing a stir causing, you know, causing good trouble. Uh, so there's other ways to get involved. But, um, you know, Carol reminds us one complaint really can make a difference. And it's, it's really worth speaking out. You know, the standard you walk past is the standard you accept. And we're in this mess because we haven't spoken out uh, enough.
1: Carol in New South Wales, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on one 316 316 You might have your own insight. Let me just uh, throw in a little bit of speculation here. Uh, Melinda, I, I'm sure that the designers of the swimwear or the lingerie are probably women. Uh, it may be that women are actually leading as many marketing departments around Retail as there are men. Uh, it's very easy to actually uh, put the spotlight on and say uh, men are calling the shots, but I suspect there are women who are calling these shots. Any thoughts
0: here? Well, certainly we call it out wherever we see it, and uh, sadly, uh, there are women involved who have bought into uh, this idea that uh, objectifying uh, yourself, objectifying uh, other women. Is empowering and what what has happened is that the global movement a necessary movement for women's rights and freedoms uh, became it was overtaken by the so-called sexual liberation movement often led by the global sex industry and now we've ended up with this very false limited idea about empowerment and tragically our girls you know, are caught up in this. So we call it out wherever we see it. And and this is where the uh, demand side is so important because if if we start saying, as we have been, we want other products, we want a, we want a, we want a choice. You're only giving our girls, you know, limited options. Uh, for example, um, you know, a, a personal example is uh, when my youngest was about 11 years old, we tried to... F- go shopping for bathers. What a nightmare. Uh, You know, what an absolute nightmare trying to find something practical and functional for your child. Now, this child is um, uh, bigger boned. She's strong. You know, she's healthy. She's athletic. Uh, But she didn't fit, you know, the size eight sort of stereotype. And uh, she was in tears. We tried, you know, six different retailers. And she was in tears. And I'll never forget it. At the end, she said, why do these shops hate girls like me? You know, and it just you know shredded my heart. Uh, so we support companies which offer girls you know an alternative and don't reduce them uh, to the sum of their sexual parts, and don't objectify them, and we'll call it out whoever does it. You know. Uh, and we will keep doing
1: that, Melinda. Come back to the suggestion that you made earlier. There's mm. a different. There's a system that's broken, and there's need mm. for something new, a co-regulatory yeah. system where you've got experts who are involved in decision making here about mm. uh, what is acceptable in these uh, mm. marketing uh, uh, stores and retail and shopping centres. Uh, how what sort of what sort of expertise do you think is necessary to be a part of this co regulatory system and, and and where do you take that to, to try and make that a reality for 2022
0: well we've been trying to make it a reality since we were helping to establish a parliamentary inquiry into advertising regulation and more than six years ago now that parliamentary committee, said that they were putting the advertising industry on notice. Basically, that if you don't shape up, if you don't make some improvements, then uh, the committee would recommend a co-regulatory scheme. So that's a scheme that would be run in conjunction with uh, a government-approved body uh, plus ad standards. So you would have uh, a body that was made up of Child development experts, experts in the status of, of women, experts in, you know, the demonstrable and proven harms to the community of unethical corporate uh, practices, which trade on the bodies primarily of uh, women and girls. So we have relaunched that call. And in fact, we will be making it an election ask. So for the, uh, for the upcoming election, which uh, could be in, in March or May, depends who you talk to, there's a speculation around. But this is an opportune time to ask your MP. We're going to have two main asks, if I could mention them. Uh, one is for a commitment to overhaul the advertising regulatory system, which we've shown is is failed. Uh, the second one is actually to support age verification system uh, to help protect children from Pornography. We were part of a global campaign exposing a porn hub, the biggest porn dispenser in the world, uh, for trafficking, for non-consensual sharing of uh, images, for uh, underage videos of girls, uh, for, uh, you know, rape videos, all of this. And children have got access to this. There's no proof of age requirements right now. So kids will enter torture porn, rape porn, sadism, you know, bestiality, incest sites. And there's no, there's no proof of age so they will be our two main election asks uh, in uh, in 20, 2022.
1: Yep. Well, we'll uh, monitor those along and keep me in the loop with those and uh, what sort yes. of reaction you're getting from politicians as you start yes. to put those out. Uh, let's see if we can finish perhaps on a positive note here, Melinda, because yes. it's all very well and some listeners will be thinking, well, Uh, why are they just beating up on retailers who are coming Mm. out of COVID and just trying to make a dollar? And, uh, uh, you know, what about the shopping centres? Don't they need custom right now? Uh, You're saying, Mm. hey, boycott those stores, those retailers, Mm. even those entire shopping centres. But is Mm. there an alternative here? Do you have a Mm. list of those sorts of retailers that are... Uh, you know uh, they're setting the standard. They've they've raised the level, uh, and they're they're actually worth uh, promoting. Is there something here that you've got as a a good side of the list?
0: Absolutely. So we're, we're not just about um, calling out the unethical businesses, companies, corporations. We also want to support companies that show that they are committed to. Corporate social responsibility. We have a corporate social responsibility pledge that any business is invited to sign to share with our supporters, thousands of supporters, I might add, that these are the good companies that we back. They have our tick of approval. And you can find a list of those companies uh, if you go to our Collective Shout website and just in CSR pledge or corporate partners Uh, We have a Queensland company, uh, which I know where you're you're calling me from, Gifted Hands, which has been a long time supporters of Collective Shout. Beautiful company uh, providing actually employment for women in in developing countries, vulnerable women, a range of, uh, you know, jewellery and related products. And uh, they're they're a wonderful company. We've got Heartburst. We've got One Seed. We've got Solicitors. We've got Feast of Merit in Melbourne. We've got fitness companies, uh, photography companies, designers. Uh, We've got Anna Cordell, who is uh, leading the petition against Etsy, the fashion designer I mentioned from Melbourne. Uh, Her logo is there. Um, Power Shop, a whole range. We're we're adding new ones all the time in the lead-up to Christmas, We would love you to sign our pledge. We would love to promote you as an alternative because our supporters want to know where they can spend their money ethically. uh, We are making that possible.
1: Fabulous stuff. Uh, You're doing the right thing and uh, you're looking after the interests of women and girls and Collective Shout will give you the imprimatur of, yes, go Mm. shopping there. Mm -hmm. CollectiveShout.org is the name of the website. Melinda Tankard Reist leads Collective Shout, as you say, Melinda. You haven't been able to travel much, but you've put a lot of time into campaigns, and you've seen some Mm -hmm. tremendous successes this past year. Mm -hmm. And no Mm -hmm. doubt there'll be listeners who would like to see you go from strength to strength in 2022. No doubt, Mm -hmm. uh, Melinda. You know, I'm not sure how your whole. Uh, support base works but no doubt you'd enjoy a friend or two extra supporting what you do. How can people support Collective Shout?
0: There's so many ways to support us. Obviously the big one is is financial. We are a non-profit and uh, we're, we're a small team. We rely on the gifts of our, our supporters to keep going, to keep this work going and we are tax deductible now so uh, you can go to our website and find out how to make a donation. Sign up. Sign up to our social media pages. Sign up through the website. If you sign up to the website in the next two weeks, you will get invited to a special supporter-only event uh, which will be held in the first week of December, a virtual event, but that's only for people that have signed up through the website. Um, You can run your own fundraisers for us. Sign our petitions, share our petitions, Share our pages with everyone you know. Contact your MP, particularly in the new year, uh, in the lead-up to an election. There are a few ways that you can get involved and, and support us. Um, it means so much to us. We have the most loyal, devoted, faithful supporters since we started out uh, of all ages, all, all backgrounds that all share this, uh, this common goal. So, yeah, we'd, we'd love to have you involved.
1: Well, Melinda, so many of our listeners uh, will be impressed by the runs on the board that you have at Collective Shout. I know you've written half a dozen books. I know that listeners, when they go to the Collective Shout website, be able to access some of those too. Melinda Tankard-Reist leads Collective Shout, collectiveshout.org, and uh, take advantage of the opportunity to be able to share these things in your own family and uh, there might be some real actions that you can take as you're looking at your Christmas shopping this year. Keep your eye out for that crossed-off list on the Collective Mm -hmm. Shout website. Melinda, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020.
0: Neil, uh, always a a pleasure. Thank you so much for the the opportunity and I look forward to uh, joining you again in the new year.